Hello, everyone. I'm Cheryl Musial, and welcome to My Care Advisors. Did you know that every day, millions of people are providing care for their spouse, aging parents, or elderly family members, all this while keeping up with other responsibilities? Understanding the different services that can be delivered in the home can be overwhelming. In this episode, Senior Care Options to Support Healthy Aging, we are joined by Chief Executive Officer of Comfort Care Home Care, Palm Beach County, Florida, Scott Greenberg. Scott will help us explore the differences between home care and skilled home health care services. Well, welcome, Scott. It's a pleasure to speak with you today. And it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. Well, Scott, if we could just really explain, what are a few signs that older adults may need home care support? Well, there, there are a lot of early warning signs. Uh, most people think uh, only uh, you know the later stages of chronic disease that highlight the need for home care. But the truth is, you can typically find it. You know, we see it right after holidays. The kids come down from uh, to visit grandma or grandpa or mom or dad, and they see that the refrigerator has a lot of spoiled food. The linens haven't been changed in a long time. They're wearing the same clothes uh, for multiple days. They're not bathing as much anymore. Uh, you, you know, we we often joke about um, you know when was the last time you showered, and and a senior in trouble will say, yeah, I don't sweat anymore. Um, you know, those are um, those are some early warning signs. So I would look to not only the physical changes that are fairly obvious, the cognitive changes that are fairly obvious, but the changes that are not quite as obvious around someone's ability to take care of themselves is um, is, is, is the first of the early warning signs. Thank you, Scott, for sharing those. Those are very important signs to consider. And so when thinking about other care options, what are the differences actually between home care and skilled home health care? Well, uh, there are a lot of differences, and I, I think we could probably make the entire, well, I guess that's, that's what the podcast is about. But um, the, the, the home care is about, um, there are four basic uh, elements of home care. First one is safety and security. We want the person that we're caring for to be safe and secure. Then there's activities of daily living. Um, and then there are instrumental activities of daily living. And, of course, social interaction activities. Um staying, uh, you know, current uh, with uh, what's going on. But skilled home care is entirely different. Skilled home care, physical therapy, occupational therapy, wound care, uh, infusion therapy, perhaps it could be speech therapy, often or not often, always ordered by a physician and uh, or should be ordered by a physician, depending on the payer sources. I know we'll get into that. But um, the, uh, skilled home care is what it is. It's typically provided by um, someone at least an LPN, um, perhaps an RN or a therapist who is licensed in their particular area of discipline. Uh, thank you, Scott, for that clarification. So if we focus back on home care, what are the typical services, again, that are provided by home care professionals? So um, as I said, uh, activities of daily living, that's an industry term. Uh, activities of daily living are bathing, dressing, transferring or ambulation, 
toileting and continence care and eating. Those are the, the activities of daily living. Um, instrumental activities of daily living, which is also what we do, is uh, includes uh, some light housekeeping, meal preparation, medication reminders. Um, it could be going out for a walk, running errands, taking someone to a, a doctor's office or to a senior center, out to play cards. Um, but in addition to that, social engagement is really important. So we might play a game, read a newspaper together, play some cards. Um, and then first and foremost, of course, is safety and security, depending upon the condition of the person that we're talking about, their level of, of need. We uh, can do more or less uh, um, in that arena. So every person who gets home care uses a different percentage of those. It's not one size fits all. So it, it's important uh, to build a plan of care that helps identify for whoever is providing the care, the roadmap for what they should be doing to take care of the person that they're caring. Oh, I love the thought of having that personalized care plan. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we do, uh, we, we do a day in the life of, which is uh, an examination of what somebody's favorites are. So for example, in my case, I like Cheerios, but I hate oatmeal. Uh, if you're taking care of me and you give me oatmeal, we're going to have a very bad day. Uh, so we try to get a day in the life of what is it that somebody cares most about to help them live their best life possible. Uh, but we also do a social history. And it's more than what did you do? How many kids did you have? It, 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 we drill down into um, exactly what makes this person this person. And that way we are able to build a plan of care that incorporates the things we're allowed to do which in every state, it's a little bit different. Um, but what we're allowed to do to make sure that we incorporate that in the manner best suited to the person we're caring. Oh, that's fantastic. I love the thought of just really living the best life and the quality of life. I was wondering, Scott, what are the costs of these services typically? And how do people pay for this care, for home care? So the costs vary depending upon where you are. Uh, you know, I can speak with authority down here, but the costs now are running, um, you know, roughly $26 an hour, $27 an hour. I know in parts of the nation where wages might be higher or it's more difficult to recruit caregivers, it can go up as high as $35 and $40 an hour. So they run um, uh, the gamut. Um, but costs have been escalating. There's no question that in this environment that we're in today, rising wages, rising minimum wages, uh, all of these things are putting pressure on their insurance costs, rents, et cetera, are all putting pressure on agencies. Um, there are a number of ways to pay for, for, uh, for services. Um, so let me talk about who provides the services. You, you have private caregivers, typically the least expensive, but also the most risk associated with it because you don't have the protections that an agency would um, bring to the table when they're uh, hiring uh, somebody. So background checks, checking on references, those kinds of things, skill sets. So there's private caregivers, depending again upon where you are around the country, there are nurse registries where people are uh, employee, not employees, they're independent contractors. And then there's agencies where everybody is an employee model. So that's the first thing that one should consider. But beyond that, who pays for it? Um, typically, it's private pay, but 
long-term care insurance is, is a big component part of the payer source community. There are uh, Medicaid benefits, again, state-specific. Uh, there are Medicaid benefits. Medicare does not pay for private duty home care. There are, however, VA benefits um, that are uh, afforded to both uh, People who served, there's the aid and attendance benefit, which is people who served during a period of conflict. And this nation has been in a period of conflict almost continually since World War II. So there's there's the aid and attendance benefit. There's also VA benefits that are service related and otherwise. So you have to check with your VA uh, social worker for that. Um, there are some faith-based uh, services and charitable organizations that sometimes can pay for it. In my agency, we do a lot of care for Holocaust survivors, and that is paid for by the German government through a reparations program that they have. Um, there are other programs, uh, dual eligible Medicare, Medicaid, sometimes qualify for a program called PACE. But the vast majority is long-term care insurance and private pay. So, Scott, that's so insightful, especially for getting that support to help older adults with it, those activities of daily living, like you mentioned. Precisely. So I want to move into skilled home health. You mentioned that a little bit earlier. Can you share some typical services provided by a skilled home health care? Yes. Um, so th there are qualifications that you have to meet. And because I'm not a Medicare agency, uh, you know, to speaking to a provider would give you more depth. But it needs to be ordered by a physician to be in the home. Um, if you're coming out of a hospital, depending upon whether you have Medicare Advantage plans or traditional red, white, and blue Medicare with a supplement, um, you get services at home that typically uh, include physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, wound care, infusion, uh, and some other services provided uh, by a, a skilled practitioner certainly an LPN um, for some services, an RN for most, or a therapist uh, who is trained either in PT, OT, speech, et cetera. So it, 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 it's an entirely different uh, methodology. If it's being paid for um, by a Medicare uh, program of some kind, it is limited in duration. Home care typically can last for years. If you have an Alzheimer's client, you can have that client for five, six, or seven years. But in the Medicare arena or in the skilled home care, skilled home health care arena, typically your uh, durations are 30 to 60 days. You can have some recertification, but it's challenging to do that. A um, little bit above my pay grade, but that is a uh, 30,000 foot look at uh, what skilled care does. Oh, it's thank you Scott. It's uh it, I think it can be very confusing for caregivers and older adults and it sounds like really for that skilled home health care it is truly like you said physical therapy, nursing on a very limited basis. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, my, my wife had a couple of surgeries uh, recently and so we've had uh, skilled home care. Um and it's an entirely different um practice than home care is because she also had caregivers in the house and it's very it's very different so in a skilled home care the visits are typically an hour three days a week depending upon the circumstances right everything is specific to the patient 
but um, and for a limited duration, a few weeks, uh, maybe two months at the outside. Uh, but but home care caregivers coming into the house to help you with uh, preparing your meals or helping you bathe or get dressed uh, th- that can last for a very very long period of time. Well, excellent. Thank you, Scott. And I was wondering, how do we start conversations about the need for either home care support or also the skilled home health care support, either with the family members or that older adult and also maybe their physician or health care provider? So that's, you know, that's a really good question because the generation that we're dealing with now or helping at this moment in time, they're fiercely independent. They come from that, uh, uh, that, that time in, the, in, in there. They were raised to believe um, uh, I'm fine. I'm OK. Leave me alone. I can do this myself. Everything is OK, particularly in the spousal uh, arena as well. OK, if you have spouses, better for worse, richer, poorer, sickness and in health. So the spouse thinks they have to do it. But you can't do that. You can't care from an empty vessel. So um, how do you move that needle? Well, you have to move that needle um, not by uh, pointing a finger and saying you need help. Uh, That won't go very far. So it has to be a joint effort. We have to talk about what it is that is in everybody's best interest. So um, it can't be all about the person who needs help. It might be about the daughter who's working and doesn't have time to come by every time to make lunch or every day to make lunch. They're in the sandwich generation. They may have kids in school and mom at home. It's very challenging. So it has to be about, I need help. I want you to be uh, safe and secure. If there's a spouse or a significant other in the house, we don't want anything to happen to uh, dad, mom, while we are taking care of you. We don't want him to get exhausted. What happens when he has to go run errands in your home by yourself? All right. People think that getting help is the beginning of the end of their independence. It is precisely the opposite. Getting help is the beginning of the restoration of your independence. When you eat better, when your hygiene is improved, when you exercise more, when you're socially engaged, you get better faster. So it's not the end of your independence. If all else fails, you sometimes need to go to third parties. You can look for your spiritual advisor, your priest or your rabbi. Certainly doctors, doctors help. If you can get the doctor on board and the doctor tells uh, mom to uh, get help, uh, it typically goes better than a son, uh, you know, asking somebody to get help. Um, Parents, you know, and I am one, right? I'm I'm 72 years old, okay? I don't want my kids telling me what to do. Uh, That's not the dynamic in which I raise them. They're the kids, I'm the parent. So presentation is everything. If you do that, what migrates from, I don't want any help, leave me alone, and then slowly goes to, um, you know, I'll accept help if you insist, but I'm not going to make anybody happy. I'm going to be kind of miserable during this and make everybody around me miserable. It does migrate quite quickly into, you know, this isn't so bad after all. And ultimately is how did I ever live without this? So all of that matters, particularly if you understand that it is the restoration of one's independence. It's important to remind everybody who needs help and refusing help that everybody in their life has a helper. Their doctor has a receptionist and a nurse. Uh, Their lawyer has a paralegal. Their um, hospital has a receptionist. Uh, Everybody that they come in contact with has somebody that helps them deliver that service. 
And it's important to understand that. Challenging, but not impossible. Oh, Scott, that is such a wonderful insight. And especially for getting help. And I love the thought what you provided was the restoration of independence. That's so strong. A really great thought for that. Thank you. Well, with that being said, could you recommend some helpful resources for older adults and caregivers to access when they're selecting a home care service? Yes, I think do your homework. Understand what the landscape is. It's as important to interview the agency that's going to provide care as it is the person who provides care. Um, it's in, in fact, in often many cases, it, it's even more important. What is the hiring process that an agency goes through? What are the fail-safes that they put in place? What are their background checks? What does their skills testing look like? Are they actually employees? Is there a backup plan if a caregiver calls off? Because after all, life happens and caregivers call off. Is there um, 24-hour care? What about driving? Whose car do they drive? So I would encourage people when they're contemplating doing this, do your homework, interview a number of agencies, speak to management and ownership. Can you reach an owner? Do you talk to people who care? about the outcome. Um, ask all your questions, write them down, have somebody with you when you do that. In the skilled care environment, it's typically a little different. It has to be a Medicare uh, certified uh, um, provider typically. And more often than not, that is rec uh, recommended by the person who's ordering the script, your physician in most cases. And they likely have a relationship with somebody that they're comfortable with. But again, it is always patient choice. Uh, and people should exercise that choice because you want to make sure that you uh, it, it get somebody that you're comfortable with. And I think that is another missing ingredient that most people understand. Um, you know, I always joke that nobody ever says, go to my doctor, he's second best. They always say, go to my doctor, he's the best. Well, it, it, it goes deeper than just, are you skilled? Do I like that person? Am I the kind of person that wants somebody to hover over me? Or am I the kind of person that wants my caregiver to sit in another room and only be there when I need them? Um, so you got to figure out uh, what it is that will help you get where you want to get, and then who is the best able to send you that kind of person, and what happens if you don't like them. You know, very few people marry the first person they date. I did. I married my high school sweetheart, but very few do. And um, so if you find a caregiver and it's not working out after a couple of days or a couple of weeks, um, there's no reason that you can't make a change if you're dealing with the right provider. And I encourage people to do that. I also encourage people to give it time. It grows. Uh, uh, it's it's a challenge, particularly the first time around the block, uh, to uh, fall in love with a caregiver who knocks on the door that you've never met before. Um, but um, if you give it time, most caregivers want to do a great job on both the skilled side and on the private duty side. So, uh, let it work. You're so right, Scott. You know, just really thinking about that patient choice and really making sure that's a right fit. Thank you, Scott, so much for joining us today and sharing this important information to really help underscore what the differences are between home care and skilled home health care. It's been my pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you for asking. To view resources, show notes, and access more MyCare Advisors episodes, visit MyCareAdvisors.com. You can also subscribe and listen to our podcast on your favorite app. 
I leave you with this thought. Be strong enough to stand alone, smart enough to know when you need help, and brave enough to know when to ask for it. Choose to be inspired to live the best life every day. Thank you for listening. We're grateful to be your guide.